faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, the racketeer boss, Biggie Conroy, smiles with anticipation as Willie Snyder, the ex-convict who discovered Superman's great secret, begins to regain consciousness. Doc, look. He's opening his eyes. Yeah, he's coming too. Can I ask him now who Superman is? Well, not just yet, but in another minute he should be able to tell you. I sure hope you're right, Doc. I sure hope you're right. Gang, I'm sure all of us at one time or another have played the sucker by making snap judgments. Such as, for instance, in sizing up new acquaintances. We take a quick look, maybe say hello and goodbye, and then think we know all about the fellow we just met. Well, it just doesn't work that way. Sad experience will teach you, if you haven't already found out, that you can't rely on snap judgments to tell you much about anybody. Now, suppose I decided I couldn't stand the guy who moved in next door. Why? Well, because his tie was horrible, let's say. So I didn't say more than hello and pleased to meet you, and went away convinced that that was all I'd ever want to say to the guy. Well then, strange as it may seem, in a couple of weeks we became real pals. The new neighbor turned out to be a swell guy, and I found out that the tie I so thoroughly disliked was a Christmas present from his Aunt Dora, and had to wear it at the time I saw him. Now see how foolish I look to myself? Well, that shows that prejudging a man before you ever really get to know him is senseless. And another word for prejudging is prejudice. Both words mean that you've made up your mind in advance whether you will or will not like a person. So they're both senseless. But some people have more dangerous prejudices. They decide in advance that they won't like a fellow because of the color of his skin or his religion or the country his grandfather came from. They never really get to know the guy. Does that make sense? Certainly not. Because in the end, prejudice makes you lose out. Or if you don't give the boy and girl a chance to prove what kind of people they really are, you wind up missing some very fine friendships with some very swell people. It's as simple as that. And now, the adventures of Superman. While Superman, together with his friends Batman and Robin, helped the Metropolis police search for Willie Snyder, a wounded ex-convict who had stumbled on the secret that Superman and newspaper reporter Clark Kent were one and the same person, Snyder made his way to the house of racketeer boss Biggie Conroy, where he collapsed. Aware that Snyder held valuable information, Conroy ordered his henchmen to abduct Dr. Asa Bushmill and then forced the famous surgeon to operate on the ex-convict in an attempt to save his life. The surgeon held out little hope for Snyder's recovery, but said he would regain consciousness briefly before the end. Meanwhile, learning that Dr. Bushmill had been abducted from the Metropolis Hospital, Superman streaked there, and secretly resuming his disguise of reporter Clark Kent, was admitted to the hospital superintendent's office, where he joins Police Inspector Henderson in questioning an orderly named Green. Now, 
Green. You say you saw two men push Dr. Bushmill into a car? That's right, Inspector. I was just coming to work when I saw these two fellows grab Dr. Bushmill and push him into a car. Uh-huh. It was right across the street from the hospital. Are you sure it was Dr. Bushmill? I'm positive, Mr. Kent. I was only about 50 feet away, and I saw him under a street lamp for a minute before these men grabbed him. Uh-huh. Well, didn't you call out or something? Well, sure I did, but first I... Well, I, I was too stunned to do anything. Then I yelled and ran after the car, but it got away. Well, tell me, did you get a look at the two men? Well... Not much of a look. It was kind of dark near the car, but one of them was pretty big, I think. Yeah, that's a great help. Now, look, Mr. Green, you said you ran after the car. Did you notice what kind of a car it was? Uh, it was a sedan, I think. Blue or black, I- I'm not sure. Uh, you're not sure. That's just Dan. But I got the license number. You did? Well, why didn't you say so? Well, I was going to. All right, all right. Just give me the number. Uh, just a minute. I wrote it down on this piece of paper. Hate sake, man. Let's have it. Uh, here it is. L-16880. Here, give me that paper. Yes, that was good work, Mr. Green. Thanks. You bet it was. Thanks a lot, Green. You're welcome. I hope that helps you find Dr. Bushmill. So do I. Come on, Kent. We'll hop down to headquarters and trace this license number. Here, you have the name of the owner of that car right away, Kent. I wish he'd hurry. Time's important. You know, I can't figure this one out. Dr. Bushmill is a big shot, but he's far from wealthy. So why should anybody snatch him? I got a hunch about that, Inspector. Uh, you and your hunches. All right, go ahead. Spill it. I think Dr. Bushmill may have been taken away to treat Willie Snyder. You mean that ex-con who shot an officer last night? Right. Officer Robinson is sure he put at least two bullets into Snyder. So what? Well, my guess is the wounded crook made his way to the hideout of some gang who grabbed Dr. Bushmill, one of the best surgeons in the country, to try to save him. Are you kidding? Certainly not. Oh, boy, what a wild cockeyed hunch that is. Why? Because why should anybody, even a gangster, take a chance like that for a small-time rat like Snyder? Abduction carries the death penalty in this state, you know. Yes, but if Snyder offered to make a deal, well, a criminal might figure it was worth the risk if he could find out what Snyder knows. What do you mean? What does Snyder know? He... Well, well, he he came into possession of a very valuable secret yesterday. One that would be worth a great deal of money in the underworld, and elsewhere, too. What in the world are you talking about? What secret? That I can't tell you. What do you mean you can't tell me? I'm sorry, Inspector, I can't. Besides, it won't help you a bit. Honest, it won't. Now, don't get... Say, wait a minute. What? I just remembered that you told Sergeant Healy Snyder stole something from you, and that his fingerprints were found in your apartment. Isn't that right? Why, yes. Well, what did he steal? That, Inspector, is what I can't tell you. Now, you listen to me, Kent. If you think that you... Just a minute. Don't go away. I have no intention of going away yet. That may be Sergeant Healy. Inspector uh, Henderson speaking. Yes, Healy. Did you check that number? Uh-huh. What's that? Uh-oh. Well, I'll be... Are you sure, Healy? You are, huh? Okay, get after it. Right. So long. Well, Inspector? This will kill you, Kent. That license number is for Bushmill's own car. What? Yeah, they snatched him in his own car. So now we don't know any more about them than we did before. Snyder's coming, too. Yeah, Chopin, he is. Maybe he can talk now. Listen, Snyder, you said you knew who Superman is. Now, tell me. You hear me, Snyder? Tell me who Superman is. I don't think he hears you, Biggie. Wait. His lips are moving. Dark now. Dark. Cops can't see me. Gotta get going. Hey, get him. Quiet, Chopin. Dark. bad. Gotta keep going, now. Gotta get the Biggie gun, Roy. Big shot. Hey, he thinks he's still trying to get here, Biggie. Yeah. 
Listen, Snyder. I'm Biggie Conroy. You hear me? I'm Biggie. I'll take care of you, Snyder. Just tell me who Superman is. <laughs> Billy Snyder, I, I know who Superman is. Well, come on. Tell us, will yeah, you? Yeah, come on. Talk, Willie. Talk. You know, Biggie, I think he's hysterical. Uh, shut up. You know right away. As soon as I saw a costume. Can't fool me. Same costume. That time Superman grabbed me in the yeah, boy. Sure, sure, sure. Now listen, Snyder. Get, get out of here. Take costume. Take the Biggie Conroy. Get Big Doe. Uh, he's big nuts. Doe. We better get that Kroper back in here. That's no use. Dr. No. Bushman said he can't do no, it. No, you, no, you don't, cop. You ain't gonna touch this costume. Well, what are we you gonna, gonna do with this guy? He won't talk as long as he stays here. Shut man. up, Chopin. Listen to me, Snyder. Big Doe. Biggie Conroy. Superman. Big Doe. Superman. Snyder. Snyder. What? Holy smokes, Big Doe. I think he's dead. Quick, Chopin. Got Dr. Bushmill in here. Go on. Hurry. Yeah, that you, Biggie. Hey, wait, Chopin. Yeah, Snyder. This is Biggie. Good. I... What a big deal with you. I know. I know who Superman is. Well, you tell me who he is and I'll cut you in for half the profits. You got millions. Millions? Yeah. Just tell me who he is. Millions? Yeah. Go on, Snyder. Tell me. Who is Superman? Okay, Biggie. Get, get it. Loaded this. Leaning forward tensely, Biggie Conroy and his henchman Chopin wait for the dying ex-convict to speak. We'll be back in a moment for the dramatic climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Now, gang, here's Superman with a very special message he wants to bring you personally. Come in, Superman. History was made last week, boys and girls. History was made on a tennis court by the most important organization in tennis today. The United States Lawn Tennis Association, which makes all the rules concerning amateur tennis matches, announced that for the first time a Negro player had been chosen to compete in the tournament for the National Tennis Championship. The player's name is Dr. Reginald Weir. Now, gang, this is just one more proof that sportsmen all over the country are putting into practice our belief that what counts is a man's ability... Not the color of his skin or his religion or the place where his folks were born. Jackie Robinson, the first Negro in Major League Baseball, has already proven his great skill. And last week, Joe Yancey, Negro track coach, was voted the annual award of the New York track riders for long and meritorious service in behalf of that sport. You see, gang, true sportsmen never draw a color line. The big league players in every field are learning that. So make sure that you and your teams and clubhouses follow their example of fair play. If you're scouting a good baseball player for your team, don't look at his skin color. Look at his throwing arm. If you need a new pitcher, never mind his race. Just watch him sizzle a curve across the plate. Yes, ability and teamwork are the only things that count in sports, whether it's baseball or tennis or bowling or tin can hockey. And if any mug tries to tell you differently, yell foul. Because in sports, gang, the racial prejudice line is the foul line. <laughs> Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Superman! 
Spider, tell me, who is Superman? He, he lives in Maple Crest Apartments. Huh? He lives in the Maple Crest Apartments? Yeah. Park, place, 38. Yeah, I know it, where it is. Which apartment? Apartment. Apartment number. Number. Yeah, yeah. One, Snyder. What number? Snyder! Tell us. Uh-oh. Peggy, I think. Yeah. He's dead, Chopin. Holy cow, gone before he could tell us. Maybe he told us enough. What do you mean? He told us Superman lived in the Maple Crest Apartments. Well, yeah, but it's a big building. Lots of people live right. there. Right. But we know he lives in an apartment with a movable panel in one of the walls and a secret closet behind it. Now all we got to do is find out which apartment that is, Chopin. And when we get that, we'll know who Superman is. His little eyes gleaming in his beefy face, Biggie Conroy believes that the secret of Superman's double identity and the fortune that knowledge will bring him is practically in his hands. But Superman is unaware of this new development and unaware that his greatest fear... The fear that his true identity will become known to powerful figures in the underworld is so close to realization. What is going to happen now? We'll find out in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so don't fail to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 7 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooter. Welcome back. You know what Superman gets high marks for realism on? The way it portrays the way people talk close to death. Said tongue firmly in cheek. But, uh, it does set things up, uh, pretty nicely. It's not unreasonable that the crook didn't know, uh, which house he had robbed. Though it might have made sense to look around and find out. Had he done that, might have been able to get to the point a bit more quickly. But then again, he didn't expect to be so close to death. The commercials continue to be interesting. And of course, these episodes uh, occur in 1948. And Jackie Robinson uh, broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball just uh, the season before in 1947. And was named the first ever Rookie of the Year. And of course, would go on to have a legendary Hall of Fame uh, career. I did find the example they gave of uh, of prejudice about the guy with the horrible tie to be somewhat funny because it implied that everything was okay in part because they found out that he didn't uh, really have that bad taste in ties. Though I guess it would have been okay to say, you know what, I was right about him the first time if it turned out that he really did have that horrible taste in ties. It's not prejudice, it's clear. And I did find the reference to uh, 
tin can hockey to be somewhat interesting. I, I do wonder if that was really uh, something that was still going on in the mid-1940s. Regardless, all kidding aside, it was a very uh, good message, and it's also just a very nice historical note to see uh, how our approach to uh, dealing with uh, bigotry in the United States was uh, evolving over time. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here on Sunday as we continue on with the mystery of the stolen costume. In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us. Uh, be sure and rate the show on iTunes and pick up your copy of the of Powerhouse's Heroic Adventures Bundle available in the iTunes store and through audible.com. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.